Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall. Ready for round two of resilience? Ready. Ready to go. I think we're focusing on how to become more resilient. Yeah, and as we mentioned in the last episode, um, if you haven't listened to it already, that'd probably be a good one to listen to because we talked about some important stuff in terms of what resilience actually is. And importantly, the idea that there are a lot of things that go into whether we're resilient or not, Um, a lot of environmental factors, historical factors. Today's episode, we're going to focus specifically on what are the things you have direct control over, kind of internal factors that um, you can modify or adjust or play with that might improve your resilience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be kind of the focus of, of where we go today. Do you feel like you're resilient? I can't tell. I think about this a lot, actually. Superficially, yes. But I, I wonder if, is the reason for that because I'm good at dealing with stress? Or is it because I'm good at not putting myself in situations that stress me out in the first place? Mm. And the, the older I get, the more I think it's the latter. Like, I don't know that I'm actually that resilient. I think it's that I'm pretty good at not getting myself into situations where I need to be resilient in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And or I'm like fortunate enough to not be in situations where I get stressed out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just don't have to bounce back. I'm not getting hit that often. So yeah. bouncing back isn't as big of an issue for me. So I, this, I is, seriously this is actually wonder, an interesting point because yeah. I mean, I know who you are. And so um, I have this added benefit of some... <laughs> knowledge about you and I don't think you'd mind me sharing this but you have a a a theory around reducing the amount of friction in your life um or 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 distress in your life by being very careful about situations you'll enter Mm -hmm. and and you're very mindful of that and and a lot of your decisions are kind of based off of avoiding distress or, or drama or frustration or and and you establish it seems like pretty healthy routines around um, behaviors that kind of allow you to be free of those minor kind of frustrations a lot. Yeah, I mean, one of mm-hmm. my big kind of life philosophies is that stress management is way overrated, and that really <laughs> what we should focus on is stressor management. Like, I'm mm. I'm going to want to pour most of my energy into managing things that potentially might cause stress in the first place so that I don't actually end up experiencing that much stress and having to manage it at all. Yeah. I would rather like nip it at the bud than have a bunch of stress and then have to figure out how to manage it. Maybe in part because I feel like I'm not that good at it. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I kind of suspect nobody's that good at it. Like once you're super stressed, I don't, there are better and worse ways to deal with stress, but big picture, I just don't think we're that great as a species at dealing with acute, like high levels of stress, especially chronic stress. And so I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to avoid those sources of chronic stress in particular. Well, I, I think that uh, this is an interesting point because um, what, what you're saying is, look, you, you can forever play um, kind of at the mouth of the river trying to head off whatever disasters occurred. But if you go upriver as far as you can and try to head off some of those disasters, you never have to deal with the, the fallout of them. Yeah, or, or even that if, you, if most of the time you're not constantly putting out fires dealing with stress, when you do actually have to deal with stress, which of course we all get stressed sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're gonna have mo- you're just gonna have more energy and like focus and be able to do it better. 
Whereas if you're constantly running around putting out fires and then all of a sudden there's a new fire, you're already exhausted from putting out fires all the yeah, time. Yeah. So you're just not going to be able to deal that well with the, the new one that pops up. See, I, I meet a lot of clients in this kind of situation where they are, um, well, they're overstressed, right? Mm-hmm. They're, uh, it's funny because we, we'll get um, kind of re- referral sheets in our office that give us a quick breakdown of what the client's kind of uh, struggling with. And one of them I see a lot is stressed out. You know, I'm stressed out. And oftentimes when I meet and talk with them, they have this presentation where they are stressed out and they're, they right. are trying to put out multiple fires all the time. Um, and I think your um, strategy is worth talking about because there's there's so much to learn in maybe being hyper-focused on what I do when I'm stressed out to help myself um, is one effective way of kind of giving some aid, but a a better one might be, um, why is it that you're constantly juggling these fires and and what decisions are being made that keep you juggling fires? I don't know where we got that idiom. Juggling fires. Juggling fires, but I'm going with it. Yeah. So I think we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about when you are stressed, how do you deal with it well and stay kind of resilient? But it is worth thinking about bigger picture. And maybe we can do an episode on this eventually. (laughs) If you are chronically stressed, why do you keep getting stressed in the first place? And are there ways to address the sources of that stress um, such that you don't end up being as stressed on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay. Let, so let's say for whatever reason, like you are stressed, you are encountering stress, right? And you would like to be more resilient to that stress in the first place. So let's let's just sort of trade off tips on how people can internally um, deal with stress a little bit better and stay more resilient. Mm-hmm. So you go first. What, do you, what's your, what would be your first kind of tip or suggestion? You know, one of, one of the things I've, I've um, emphasized in, in a lot of my um, clinical work, I think, is um, keeping your routines consistent. Mm. Um, and, and an example of this um, that I've read about is, is people who experience grief and loss. Um, um, and, and especially people who have lost a spouse. And there was a study done that showed that the, that people who went back to work, um, you know, within a reasonable amount of time after a loss coped, were coping better than people who, who took like extended amounts of time mm-hmm. off after that loss. Um, and the idea from the researchers was that returning to kind of normal behaviors and normal activities actually helps you cope. It helps you, um, kind of buffer the stress you're in because you're doing something routine and you're doing something you're engaging and, uh, but the people who took a lot of time off and avoided kind of mm-hmm. going back to normal functioning types of activities had more distress and more, more symptoms. And you could look at that correlationally, I, I know, but the, the, the idea was that people who returned to kind of normal habits or routines typically were doing better. That's such a great point. I, th- I think a lot of us, and I, I'm certainly in this category, we, we underappreciate the benefits that a lot of our ordinary routines actually give us on an emotional and, and sort of mental health um, level, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of things we do on a regular basis um, that like if you just go to the gym regularly, like obviously you think about the exercise benefits, but you're also like interacting with people. You're getting good like social interactions sometimes. You got a few buddies that you, casual buddies you see at the gym regularly and like that's actually really important mm-hmm. for well-being and emotional health, Right. Um, yeah. And so when you, I think we, it's one of those things where you don't know it's till it's gone, right? There's all these subtle benefits we get from regular routines that we don't appreciate when we have them. But then when you let those fall away, 
man, you really feel them in terms of resilience. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I, I do want to emphasize it's okay to take some time for yourself, but but to to, to continue that almost to the to the point where you're avoiding kind of returning to daily functioning or, or kind of normal functioning, that that may not be healthy yeah. and, and definitely impacts resilience. So my first point, I think, or suggestion would be to practice tolerating painful emotions. Mm. So let me unpack that for a second. This is a theme we talk a lot about, but the, the key idea, what often happens when people are not resilient is something happens, some kind of stress, they feel bad, anxious, sad, angry, like whatever it is, right? And they make, start making decisions based on that feeling. I don't want to feel so anxious anymore. I don't want to feel so sad anymore. I don't want like whatever. Instead of making decisions based on their values, like things in their life that are important to them, right? Like working, hanging out with friends, whatever. Even if you're really sad because you lost someone, right? You might feel like not hanging out with anyone because you're really sad. Mm -hmm. But if you know that my relationships really matter and it is important for me to maintain those relationships, even though I don't feel like it, that is like, I think that is just a really important part of resilience that you start after something stressful happens, you make your values, not your feelings, the sort of decision framework for how you act. But what that requires is you have to go hang out with friends, even though you're sad. Mm -hmm. So you have to tolerate being sad and doing important, valuable things in your life anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And the way to think about this is that tolerate our tolerance for painful emotions is a lot like our physical tolerance for pain. Like when you exercise, for instance, mm -hmm. right? If you haven't jogged in a long time and you go out and go for a jog around the block, you're going to feel it, right? Those muscles are going to be sore. The only way you get to being able to run for 30 minutes at a stretch is you build up your tolerance to the discomfort of running, right? Or lifting weights or whatever your example is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think thinking about it from that kind of, um, you know, exercise mindset in terms of I'm going to, build up my tolerance for difficult emotions. I can, I can feel bad and still do um, helpful, valuable things anyway. I think it's just super key for resilience. Yeah, I, I, I not only agree with you, I, 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 don't, I don't even think it's a metaphor. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think the if you're mindful of your workout, um, you are learning how to do distress tolerance, mm -hmm. you, literally, like that... And, and the way, the same way you are able to complete, you know, running that mile, even though at a mile and a half, your, your lungs are on fire and, um, it, it is being willing to experience discomfort and tolerate that and, and still do what you're doing. You know, it is being able to be sad and still, uh, engage with the relationships that you find have meaning and value in your life. Yeah. It's your ability to return to work because you know it's good for your mental health after a significant loss rather than um, indulge that like, I just want to jump off the treadmill kind of thing. Yeah, and the core belief you're reinforcing there is that just because I feel bad doesn't mean I am bad or something is wrong. It's that, okay to feel bad. Or that I can't do something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or Whereas that I need to disengage. If you start make, dis, making all your decisions based on your feelings, like, oh, I can't, you know, I just can't stand to feel this sad and be around other people, right? So I'm going to kind of isolate and not do anything. Or I just can't stand, like, I just, 
that presentation was so terrible yesterday. I'm so anxious and ashamed. I just can't bear the look of like seeing other people's faces when I walk into work today or something. When you start basing your decisions based on your feelings, especially how you don't want to feel anymore, um, I think that's a setup for poor resilience. Yeah, it, it's 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 like doing a sit up and saying, "Oh, that didn't that that kind of right. wasn't easy, so I'm done." Yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, my second point would be um, cogn- cognitive patterns. Um, people who are resilient typically are, this is a simplistic way to put it, but they're optimistic. They, they engage regularly in thought patterns um, that, that resemble optimism. They mm-hmm. will be able to cope. They will be able to overcome. They're, they're fine. They're, they're coping. They're doing well. Um, whereas sometimes people who struggle with resilience have a very uh, dysfunctional thought pattern that they, they entertain. Uh, I'm not doing well. I'm not coping well. I'm not okay. This is not going to be all right. I, I can't deal with this. There's this kind of real repetitive pattern almost to um, a, a very, um, well, you're, you're basically telling yourself, this is not okay. Right. And, and the alarm system is going off. And so it's really common for anxiety to set in when you're telling yourself that the world is crumbling. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I, and it actually that's dovetails with one that I thought of, um, which is be really careful about what you're trying to control. Specifically what I often see with people who, who struggle with resilience is they expend all their effort trying to control how they feel. I can't, I, I can't, be this sad anymore. I need to get over this grief, right? Or I can't feel so anxious. I need to like feel confident before I go back to work or whatever it is. The thing is you can't control how you feel directly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And when you spend all your time and energy trying to control something you can't control, you miss out on controlling things you do actually have control over. Mm -hmm. Namely your behavior and your thinking, how you think and what you choose to pay attention to. So yeah, my like um, riff on what you were saying is, Forget about trying to control how you feel because you can't. Right. <laughs> and instead, put your energy towards controlling and managing how you choose to think and in what way you choose to think and in what how you pay attention Yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Expending a lot of energy uh, convincing yourself that you're a moron because you feel the way you do. Um, there's very little control that y- you have after uh, w- when a stressor shows up. It makes sense that you're distressed. Yeah, that that makes sense. Telling yourself that you're an idiot because you're distressed now is not going to help, right? Right. The the better thing to do is go ahead and validate how you feel um, and then stay very uh, connected to your choices Mm. and how you want to respond to that moment. Okay, wait. Let's unpack that one little thing you said there because I think it relates to one of my points too. You said um, when you feel stressed, go ahead and validate how you feel, but then take control over how you choose to think. Let's unpack that validate how you feel part. What, what do you mean by that when you say validate how you feel? I think a, I think a huge disservice um, that people do to themselves is in one way or another, they're constantly invalid, invalidating their emotional experience. Meaning what? They're telling themselves they shouldn't feel that way mm-hmm. and that because they feel that way, they're an idiot in some variation Yep. Um, or a moron or some kind of substitute your judgment there. Unworthy, um, unlovable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like and, and I think that's a waste of time. I mean, not only does it does it drive a lot of depression, anxiety. There's just no clinical utility in telling yourself you're an idiot. I mean, it, very few things are going to come out of that that are going to be functional for you. 
Um, and so the idea is, can you get better at validating how you feel and then, and then noticing why it is you feel that way? Because I think in validating, you do kind of say, I am distressed because my partner just mm -hmm. passed away, you know? Yeah. Of course I am. It makes I am total distressed. sense that I'm I would having be a this really way. hard time wanting to go to work tomorrow. Yep. You know, it's been yep. a couple of weeks, and that's very understandable. Yeah, I feel like I should Who go back to exactly. I, but I'm, but I but I am having a hard time there. You know, and you know the overall value that I'm kind of looking at here is is getting getting life back to normal and seeing the people that you know I I usually see and carrying all those relationships and getting my mind, you know, kind of, you know, going on something more constructive. And you know what, the choices out of my options here, going back to work, going ahead and doing that, even though I feel this way, I think that's the healthier choice for me. Yeah. So one of the things that, that comes to mind when I think about this topic is um, of validation or, or self-compassion is like the other phrase that, that comes up when I think about this. But it, it's basically the idea of it's the sort of the inverse of the golden rule. So the golden rule, you know, is that this like teaching that most major kind of religious or philosophical figures have sort of espoused, which is treat do unto people. others as you yeah. would have them do unto you, right. right? Treat other people like you would you, you would like to be treated, yeah. right? But I think the we all know that, but what we forget about is the inverse golden rule, which is treat yourself like you would treat under <laughs> other people. Uh -huh. So if you had to think about it, you're you're you just lost someone and you're grieving, right? Mm -hmm. A good, a good friend comes to you and says in a similar situation and says, you know, I, I'm just, I, you know, I lost my, you know, my, my sister, you know, um, a month ago and God, I'm just, you know, every day I'm, I cry and I'm just really mm -hmm. sad, mm -hmm. but like, I know I should be moving on. Like most people don't take this long to get over grief. Like what's wrong with me? What would you say to your friend if they said that? Would you be like, yeah, what's the matter with you? Like <laughs> yeah. get your shit together and yeah. like get on with your life. No, there's no way you, you're not like, unless you're a sociopath, like you're, that's not how you're going to respond. You would say, no, like that's, that's okay. Grief, grief is complicated. Like it's totally okay to feel sad. And like, you would be validating. Makes sense. You would have compassion for yeah. that person. Right? So being validating of yourself, having self-compassion, it's just doing to yourself what you would already do to other people who are struggling. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, and to go back to a metaphor we use a lot, it's just paying attention to your emotional dashboard you know your mm. your 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 emotions are trying to signal something to you something big has happened and and it's and it's difficult to to yes. wrap your mind around um so but but yeah if the overall value there is your growth and your your mental health then you you have a list of behaviors that you can choose from yeah yeah all right my, I, last one here and we've sort of touched on this oh sorry sorry i want to go back a little bit oh yeah um, the reason why i think sorry validation is so important is because it facilitates a functional line of thinking mm. about your behavioral responses to what's going on right if you get stuck in the i'm an idiot because i feel this way trap you don't ever arrive at the like okay given what my values are what do i want to choose here mm. you don't get there you, you're stuck in this i'm an idiot i'm an idiot I'm, what's wrong with me what's wrong with me for feeling this way and there's no there's no benefit to that in fact you've almost got to climb out of that to get back to square one to kind of decide what to do you know and and by the time you do that you've just berated yourself for a day and a half and and your ability to make a really good decision at that point is probably going to be yeah Changed. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, I would almost say self-criticism is the foundation for poor resilience and self-compassion or validation is the foundation for true resilience. Yeah. For being resilient. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's really important. Like yeah. that's, it's just such an important part. Yeah. And, and, and so helping people kind of validate their own emotional response, identify it, choose a behavioral, you know, choose a behavior that is in line with what you want. I think there's right. When I'm struggling, resilience. I'm going to treat myself like I would treat a good friend who is struggling. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. My, so my last thought is just on expectations and we've sort of touched on this, but I think in people who struggle with resilience, you often see really unrealistic, exaggerated expectations, um, especially for themselves. And, and you, you touched on this, but the, the, the idea that like, well, I, you know, I, I just can't, I can't go to another meeting at work like this unless I, until I feel more confident. Like I've just been so, you know, shaken by this that, um, so these emotional expectations, I should feel a certain way before I X, whatever it is. I shouldn't feel sad anymore. Um, before I start, you know, socializing with people again or going back to my normal routines or so be really careful of the expectations you're putting on yourself, especially for how you feel and, and try to do a gut check check there and make sure your expectations are fairly realistic and sort of balanced. Yeah. And, 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 and even another angle to that, I, I would say, um, doing the same thing with possible expressions of emotion are very similar. So I, so sometimes I, you see someone who's lost somebody or, or struggling with, um, a certain circumstance and they'll say, I feel like if I go to work, I might cry, Oh, you know, and it's like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm having a hard time yeah. or, so I can't cry at work. I can't there, have, you know, my need. emotions are bad and expressing them, you know, would be even worse. And so the idea is if I think I might cry, I'm not going to go to work. Mm-hmm. And, and there's another kind of emotion trap you can find yourself in too. Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty rough. One of my favorite researchers has, has pointed out that um, people who are able to express a, a wide range of emotions are typically resilient. Mm. Um, they, they did a study around grief and, and loss of a child where parents would kind of talk about you know losing a child, the experience of losing a child and how their life has changed. And at times um, during this narrative, some of the parents would find some part of the narrative funny or engage in laughter or whatever it is. And, and it happened that the results of the study showed that they were more resilient. They were able to experience kind of a, a range of emotion, basically. And so one of the researchers have, has suggested practicing humor and, and engaging mm-hmm. in humor as a good way to bolster resilience as well. Oh, yeah. um, kind of keeping that capacity to experience a wide range of emotions. Um, it also leads to that thought pattern thing that we talked about as if you're constantly... Um, kind of stewing in these those kind of um, regret orientation thought patterns or catastrophic thinking thought patterns or just kind of overall negative judgmental thought patterns um, you're not experiencing a wide range of emotion in there yeah I think it's a it's actually a subtle form of what we call approach behavior right so if you've got difficult emotions the tendency is to just avoid them altogether right mm. not even think about them right but if you are saying yeah, you know what? Like, I feel, I feel really sad. I feel really, you know, kind of nervous, anxious about the future. I feel a little like relieved too, in some ways. I feel if you really, ela- you know, elaborate in a helpful way about what you're feeling. Um, yeah, I think it 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 signals to your mind. I, I feel bad, but I'm not afraid of feeling bad. And that's not the only thing I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot. It, it's it's complicated, right? Yeah. There's a lot to it. There's a wide range. Um, it makes me think of the the saying, uh, "Name it to tame it." Have you heard that? No. Yeah, name it to tame it. <laughs> so the idea is, ironically, when you're if you have some difficult, painful feeling, uh-huh. right? If you avoid it, 
it ah, tends to get worse in the yeah, long yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. But if you approach it and actually name it and talk yeah. about it, it, in the in the long run, it tends to lessen and and become more manageable. So yeah. I think that's a, to your point. I think that's a, a pretty subtle but key part of resilience. As well, well, it makes sense because the naming it would be the first step in validating, mm-hmm. right? Is being yeah, able exactly. to say I feel this way, yeah, and then you have some sort of handle by which to operate. But yeah, so um, did you have any more? No, that's it. What were they then? Let's run down for our audience. Oh what, yeah, so I said or... practice tolerating emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, con- Stop trying to control your emotions and control your attention and thoughts instead. Behavior. Uh, and behavior, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, self-compassion. And then be intentional and realistic with your expectations, especially for yourself and how you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had um, kind of returning to normal functioning, doing those tasks that you would kind of normally do. Routines. Uh, yeah, routines, try not yeah. to avoid kind of uh, those those kind of responsibilities, daily daily things, because re- re- returning to a normal um kind of baseline would involve you doing the normal kinds of things. Um, uh, then really watching your thought patterns and habits and making sure that they're functional. They don't have to be positive, but functional, useful to you in some way. Um, and then using humor and broadening your um, emotional experience during the day, yeah. not just centering on all the negative aspects of what's going on. Yeah. Good ones. Those, I, I think uh, not to toot our own horns, but like I, th- I feel like we covered a, a pretty wide range of approaches. To yeah, and I and I think that does actually give a, a, a pretty good um, push into building yeah. resilience. Yeah. And I would say one last little caveat here. So we there's a lot we talked about a lot. I would say if you do want to be more resilient, pick one of these that sounds pertinent to your life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just work on that one thing. Don't feel like you have to run and like implement all of these all yeah. at once. Yeah, work work on work one on thing one. until it's kind of a habit and it's fairly easy for you to continue and then grab another. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance and if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, Let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.